Welcome to the Small Business Sessions powered by Zero. My name is Emma Jones, founder of Enterprise Nation, and I am very delighted to welcome back to the Small Business Sessions podcast the excellent Gary Turner, who runs Zero in the UK and is co founder. Gary, welcome back to you. Great to be back, Emma. Lovely to have you back in the studio. So, Gary, you could talk on a whole host of things when it comes to business. In the last podcast, you spoke about growth and how you manage that. I will still reference the brilliant, and I've referenced this many times since actually, always attributing it to you. The thing that you talk about when you say growth in a company is like driving a first car. You've always got to be looking around what comes, you know, kind of beyond the next bend. But today we're going to talk about artificial intelligence, which is a topic that you have said yourself, lots of people are talking about but I'm not quite sure anyone really understands. So in the 15 minutes we've got, we're going to try and dig into this a little bit to see what AI is and critically, I guess, why small businesses need to be thinking about it. So Gary, first of all, in a nutshell, what is artificial intelligence? Well, in a nutshell, that's a tough one. I think we're all accustomed to, in one form or another, using technology increasingly in our lives, whether it's smartwatch on your wrist or using a PC or a smartphone or or some internet service. And the idea of using technology to do things in a more automated way is not a new concept either. Uh, Artificial intelligence is this field of of computing and technology that's been around for a very long time, actually. It's this idea of robots and computers that can think for themselves has been around for decades. And there have been a number of attempts at realising it over the last 40, 50 years most of which have failed. And to most people, artificial intelligence over the last period is like robots and sci-fi in Hollywood and Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> in, 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 t- in the Terminator movies. But we're now at a point where technology and the power that we have with cloud platforms and cloud technology and the advances that have been made in software development mean that we're now getting to the point where we're beginning to realize the first actual elements of artificial intelligence in a practical way. And it's really a situation where you provide enough data and input and, and information to effectively a computer program that it can begin to assimilate and make decisions and make judgments and recognize patterns and, and inform decisions in an automatic way. And so rather than than it being a kind of rule-based thing was, uh, that, that, that has been around for us. So, for example, you could have an accounting software product 20 years ago and put a rule in that whenever somebody goes over their credit limit, ping me. That's not yep. artificial intelligence. That's automation and it's logical, but it's not artificial. It's not sentient. We're now at the point where we can construct new experiences and products and services and devices like the Amazon Echo device. Mm-hmm. Or I know whenever I get into my car, if I'm driving to the office, I go into my car and the way that Apple works is that it's smart enough to realize that it's it's half past five. I've just gone into the car because my phone is connected to the Bluetooth speaker uh, in my car. Uh, it knows where I am. It knows I'm at the office. And it's it's smart enough to conclude that I must be driving home. And it instantly pops up on my watch how long it's going to take me to drive home. Arguably, that's not really artificial intelligence, but we're getting to the point where we're getting much richer automation out of technology than we've ever had before. And there are many different fields of artificial intelligence and applications for it, but we're now at the point where it's beginning to be something that people can really 
really use, yeah. And that's an amazing description of it, which helps me understand actually what it is. But is this something that small businesses can realistically consider and use in their own business? Or is artificial intelligence still at the level where BMW put it in their cars? I don't know if your car is a BMW, but big brands are using it, but it's still out of reach of the smaller ones. It is definitely more practical now. So a good example of a way that uh, AI or artificial intelligence can be used in any business context. I don't know if you've been to websites before when you go to a website and this little box pops up Mm -hmm. and it says, do you have any questions that I can help you with? Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's a real person. Mm -hmm. But if it's at three o'clock in the morning, it probably isn't. (laughs) And there's a, a smart chat bot that's got a very tightly defined range of things it can talk about. And it knows it can anticipate the kind of questions you might ask if you're a double glazing business and the kind of questions that people might ask about a double glazing company. How do I book an appointment for a visit or whatever? And it's capable of understanding those kinds of questions and then can give you answers to that. We've all got either a Google smartphone or an Apple smartphone. You'll be familiar with things like Siri. Siri is, in essence, an articulation of artificial intelligence. And so the ability to throw questions at your Amazon Echo device or Siri or a chatbot on a double glazing website is is here and it's real today. It's not massively sophisticated, but that might mean that you have people coming to your website that would otherwise bounce off and go somewhere else, but actually you can capture them and you can answer a question about maybe the price range of your product or services or availability of your holiday letting. And, And that's actually a very practical way that small businesses can begin to harness what seems like this really big sci-fi thing, but in a very mundane practical and tactical way. way. And I, and again, I love those examples. I didn't quite realise actually that chatbots were artificial intelligence. It's one that we've, we're actually using one, so I didn't realise we were using it. Are you seeing small businesses use this enough? Because again, there's a great company called Laundrap where you can order your laundry. You do it via your Alexa. So you just say, Alexa, you know, call Laundrap, pick up my laundry on Wednesday at five o'clock. So we're seeing new companies start out. So Laundrap started by building an Alexa skill. That's, I think, I believe that's how they started. Are you seeing many existing companies say, how can we look at these new forms of technology, these new opportunities that artificial intelligence is presenting and making the most of it? Definitely. Alexa is probably a great example. I heard it wasn't a very good demo, but I heard a demo of of a chatbot that it was an Alexa skill that HMRC built. And it was for, I think, tax credit advice. Amazing. So rather than phoning up the HMRC hotline... You say, Alexa, how much do I have to pay? So it's getting there. It's not quite as clever as that yet. But it's getting to the point where frontline customer service applications, such as asking questions or simple questions generally, maybe not to the degree of your own particular personal tax details, but that could be the way that it goes. So phoning your bank or phoning HMRC and asking advice on tax or phoning your doctor... But from a business perspective, there are definitely customer service applications for that. There are other applications of, of artificial intelligence in business that aren't quite so obvious. In Zero, for instance, when you are typing in a bill, and let's say it's from BT and you're, you're doing your accounts, um, historically, Zero would ask you, well, wh- what's this bill for? Is, it, is this entertaining staff? Is this a car expenses? even though it's clearly BT. And what we're able to do behind the scenes invisibly for our customers is actually check, well, we've seen this before, really, really simple and mundane, uh, or an office supplies company around the corner. And we know that how other people have coded up that invoice. And rather than forcing our customers to learn how to do accounting, we have an artificial intelligence capability in zero now that will just do that for you. 
And so AI is something that you either deliberately use because it gives you this frontline customer service experience, or it happens in your, you have no idea that it's AI. So you'll be going, you'll be using things right now. You'll be going shopping online. You'll be, you'll be doing stuff in your, in your personal life or in your business life and AI is in the mix. You're none the wiser. Things are just happening and you might think you're talking to a person, but you're not. (laughs) Scary. Well, slightly on the morals and the ethics of AI, lots of people are concerned that if this continues and you know, we hear of the little robots in Amazon very cleverly picking up the right orders in the fulfillment centres. And we've seen these just amazing little tiny machines that go round and cleverly can do more than a human being does. Zero, of course, you've hugely enabled the accounting profession to do more. We've been talking about that on an earlier podcast in terms of what Zero has hugely enabled accountants to do is the compliance is almost done for them. So therefore, what value can they add? What would you say, though, to people who say, well, actually, if Zero can see this is what this invoice, this bill means, that expense equals, does that eradicate the role of a person? Because it used to be a person that would translate that and now that person's no longer required. In certain situations, yes. Uh, and I think that it's important to to note, however, that this is the latest chapter of a long journey. So 120 years ago, there was a profession in London that was basically involved shipping ice blocks to hotels because there was no electricity and there was no refrigerators. So literally, they had to buy in ice blocks on a daily basis. And then electricity happened, and then refrigerators happened, and then that industry of shipping ice blocks around the city disappeared. And so this industrialization, whether it's ice and refrigeration 120 years ago, or when we all first started using computers and moved away from quill and pen 40 or 50 years ago. or People adapt. People adapt. And there will definitely be aspects of running a business, looking after your customers, that today may involve quite a lot of menial kind of human engagement to just get the job done. But actually, you can do that much more efficiently with technology and free up the humans to then do much more interesting things nice. and, and service your customers more effectively. So if anything, you should see it as a liberation. So as you say, free up the humans. I love this. Let's free up the humans to do higher value things, which definitely in your world of accounting, that is absolutely what we can see is happening. What advice do you offer businesses that almost actively adopt AI in their business? How can their employees almost kind of get skilled up in terms of then learning to adapt to the new technologies? So I guess what advice to the employee? So there's the founder level, which is founders, be aware, you know, watch out for things. And we'll maybe kind of come onto a couple of links and things that founders can read. So founders' job is to kind of perceive that this is even happening and understand the opportunities. How about the employees when they're embracing it? I've just come here from a a, a meeting uh, with a bunch of accountants. And this is one of the topics. And one of the things that that they all recognised is as things like bookkeeping and accounting, which have historically been this back office function, and we're familiar with this kind of archetype of an accountant or a bookkeeper in the corner. With their quill. <laughs> with, with, with a quill or whatever, but not necessarily front of house, not really customer facing. And when those back office jobs and tasks move to be done in a more automated way, the reskilling challenge or opportunity that people face is actually you, you need better communication skills. If you're actually having to engage with your customers face to face or by telephone, talk about their business and talk about the services that, that they require from you rather than just sitting in the corner 
on your own, punching through a spreadsheet, then communication skills, interpersonal skills, emotional intelligence, all these things that customer-facing roles or consulting roles or assistant roles will be much more called upon because I believe that whilst we have a huge drive to digitization and automation and adopting technology to do more things, there's an equally compelling drive for humanization Mm -hmm. in the world of work, whether that's employees in the business and getting a a better deal like we were talking on the podcast Mm -hmm. a few months back. But actually, I think humanization and digitization are equal forces of change and there's an opportunity to do things smarter with technology, but that then frees up your people to deliver a much more human and personal service to your clients, which they will ultimately really Life value from. as well. No, I think that's really interesting. And again, in your world of the accounting profession, I should think that's incredibly interesting to watch the shift of the accountant coming from the back office to the front office to deal with clients. I know you've just launched a book called Pace Setters, which is about this, certainly the accountancy firms who are adopting zero and who are doing this in a really strong way. Do you think, as indeed anything where it's digitization, humanization, which I kind of love this parallel as well, there will be those who are the early pioneers and then others will follow? There always is. There always is. I, I love the a guy called Jeffrey Moore wrote a book called Crossing the Chasm back in the early 90s. And there's this classic, the way that technology and the way that change is dealt with in in organizations and it follows this predictable bell curve where you have the innovators and the visionaries and and then the early adopters, the early majority, the late majority, and then the laggards. And I think there's definitely people that are naturally motivated to move faster and some that will wait until everybody else has done has it. Done it. And those who do want to move faster, so what kind of things should they be considering at the moment? So almost if there was kind of like an AI checklist, is it things like you should read certain things, you know, watch certain YouTube videos of people who are kind of talking about this? Should they go out to events to kind of understand more? In a way, kind of the process you've been through at zero. what would be the kind of tips you'd offer to founders who do want to be at the front? I think uh, good old-fashioned book reading is probably where I would start. There's a a huge explosion in this space. And as I said at the beginning, AI is not a new concept, but it's now becoming a really practical reality for many businesses, at least in a a simplified way. And it, it runs in parallel with the wider disruption that we're all facing in the world of business anyway. I mean, like compared with 20, 25 years ago, we have this thing called the internet. We have customers that are much more technologically engaged. They have much higher expectations for customer experience, customer service. And so it's thinking about how can I augment my customer experience and deliver the best possible experience to my customers using the combination of more engaged people and um, a more human uh, level of service, but then uh, embedding AI and embedding automation and smart technologies in there. And so there's a whole plethora of books. There's a brilliant book I read just a few months back called Machine Platform and Crowd by a guy called Andrew McAfee, who's a pretty renowned American author on a number of different areas. But what Machine Platform Crowd does, and I'd recommend it, is that it talks about the, the three big shifts. So closely related to artificial intelligence is the this uh, specialism called machine learning, which is literally how you teach an artificially intelligent agent to understand whether it's looking at scans in a hospital for early stages of the onset of cancer in in a patient and it's using a thing called machine vision and it's literally, it can spot things that the human eye can't see or whether it's looking at vast amounts of data in your business and understanding which are your fast moving product lines, which are the ones that are not moving. But so machine learning is a very broad category and very closely connected to, to artificial intelligence. And so 
understanding what AI is and understanding that how technologically it works and the different applications for it. And then the world of platforms that we're moving to, whether it's Amazon or whether it's the Amazon Echo device or whether you're an Apple devotee or a Google devotee, platforms and how that all comes into play. And then the final part is crowd is like, where are the people? Where are your customers? How do you build a business in this new world with these different economics? And, and AI is one dimension of that, but it's much broader than that. But there's a lot of books out there. And is this something we will continue to see in zero? So, you know, things like reconciliations, will that continue to be almost become more clever as time goes on? So I guess, is AI something that you feel now uh, we've plugged it into zero, we've done our job? Or is it, well, actually, the more clever that the machines get, the more data that we assemble, this just becomes even easier for the customer. Is that the vision? We're scratching the surface of it, really. I mean, and we're doing probably the world's most mundane application of AI, making sure you're doing your books properly. But still very important. It's important. You don't want to get it wrong. But hypothetically, well, why wouldn't you, in a couple of years, ask your Amazon Alexa device, how much profit have we made this week? Or, Or just simple queries, or for it to proactively come to you when it sees issues developing in your business. It can say, well, actually, Emma, you're having a great quarter, but if you keep running like this, then you might need to wait. You might need to kind of rein in on your marketing spend in October. Or actually, you're not spending enough money on marketing because we can see that you're getting a great return on the development of your business and you're underspending and actually having almost a kind of pocket accountant, if you like, helping you on, a, on an ongoing basis, identifying issues and challenges in your business. Hypothetically, you could get to that. And not we're not there yet. So this is almost, this is kind of Alexa, which again kind of raises the question of, I guess Alexa needs an accountant and zero to program it to understand, to learn what to say, but the interaction could be between founder, Alexa, founder, smartphone. Yeah, but, but ultimately, I think you're still going to want to have a person in there. Yeah. So for the simple stuff, so the queries, absolutely, yeah. there's no reason why you'd have to phone up somebody to find out what your current situation was. You should be able to find that on your phone, whether that's looking at a screen or asking asking an agent. But you're still going to want to sit down and get advice from somebody, I think. And I love that because literally thinking as a founder, is you're right, the practical tips make it as easy as possible. And yet this humanization side that you talk about, in a way, a founder will still want to talk about, wow, you know, this is hard. This is lonely. What do I do around this? Is this a risk? And that is just not a kind, the kind of conversation you can have with Alexa. No, it's not. And as, as a, that demonstration I saw of the HMRC bot the other day, it was pretty useless, actually, at many <laughs> things. So we're a long way away from... Not much emotional no, intelligence. No, no. <laughs> Well, Gary Turner, you have it by the bucket load. I Yet again, you come on and give this wonderful insight. The thing I've really taken is this idea of digitization and yet humanization carrying on almost at the same pace. But the other key thing I've taken from this is the ability or the necessity for founders to kind of keep ahead, understand what AI means for them, look at pioneers like Zero who are kind of using it. And I'm going out to get this book, Machine Platform Crowd. So uh, Gary Turner, As ever, thank you so much for your wise words of wisdom. Thank Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Emma. That was the Small Business Sessions from Enterprise Nation, powered by Xero. Go to enterprisenation.com forward slash podcast to find out more. And big thanks to audio and podcast production service Podraffy for producing this show. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and please do leave a review. See you next time.